The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. A different start to the show that we had recorded earlier. You'll hear the rest of the show, but Tommy and I were recording this podcast when we saw the news come across that Dwayne Haskins uh, was killed uh, in a tragic accident this morning in South Florida. Adam Schefter putting out the tweets that he was training in South Florida with other Steelers, quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. He was killed when he got hit by a vehicle. Um, just awful news. He was 24 years old. Uh, he would have turned 25 on May 3rd. We just saw this two minutes ago, and we're putting it at the front of the podcast because it's just one of those things that just was an oh-my-God moment. Yeah. We're going to both ramble here, uh, you know, off the cuff about – probably you know his time here but you know more than anything else from from my standpoint this is just awful he's such a young person 24 years old uh in a tragic accident he had the rest of his life ahead of him you know whether that included football you know at a at a high level or or not um it's just just so sad obviously his time here in washington did not go uh, as the owner wanted it to go. Um, the reason he was in Washington, the reason he was drafted where he was drafted, as we all know, it's because the owner, Dan Snyder, stepped in and uh, and basically trumped his, his football people who did not necessarily see Dwayne Haskins as a first-round pick, certainly not a first-round pick uh, where they took him uh, in the first round at number 15, overall in the 2019 draft. He was a great, you know, quarterback at Ohio State, a record-setting quarterback at Ohio State, and he was a lot of teams had him as a first-round pick in 2019. Cooley certainly didn't. Um, you know, after seeing him play, I remember saying after that first preseason game that he played in against Cincinnati, I remember what my reaction was because I was not a big fan of Washington drafting him even before you know, we knew the, the reasons that they drafted him. I wasn't a big fan of him being drafted um, uh, by the team. There were other quarterbacks in that draft that I liked. But beyond that, when we saw him play his first preseason game, um, it, was a, it was a home game. It was the first game. It, it might have been the second preseason game. But I remember coming in the next day and saying, 
I'll tell you one thing, the moment's not too big for him. Like, this guy certainly believes in himself. He carries himself with a level of confidence. He clearly physically has all of the attributes. And, you know, during that course of that season, I I wanted to see more. I thought his first game when we saw him against Buffalo in his first start in 2019, remember all of the concern that, you know, he wasn't going to be able to call plays. They weren't going to, you know, they were going to have a bunch of delay of game penalties or they were going to have to call a lot of timeouts. You know, none of that happened in that game. And he made a couple of good throws. Uh, They didn't win the game. They weren't really close to winning the game, but – you know, we saw him the rest of that rookie season, and he, you know, he had he had the moment against Detroit when they got their first win, and instead of being out there to take, you know, a knee, he was overtaking selfies. Um, I think you may have written once or twice about that. Uh, he had a really good game against Philadelphia in a loss, and had a terrific first half before he sat down in the second half against the Giants. Um, in the final game that year, and that led me to really want to see him for, you know, 16 games in 2020, and that was my whole mantra going into that 2020 season is, you know, you picked him at 15 overall, he's shown that he's got some talent, now let's see it for 16 games. They're not going to win the Super Bowl, Uh, they decided not to trade him in the offseason, which means Ron's going to give him a chance, let's see it, and we saw it early, and then Ron benched him pretty early in that season, um, in the 2020 season, not only benched him, demoted him to third string after the Baltimore game in which, you know, he was very enthralled with his numbers in that game, his fantasy numbers uh, per w- reports, even though the team had gotten their ass kicked. Um, and then we know the rest of the story. You know, he he uh, he was released late in that season, picked up by Mike Tomlin and, and, and the Steelers. He was the third string quarterback in Pittsburgh all season long. And uh, with Roethlisberger gone, they've added Trubisky. He was going to be battling, I guess, for a backup spot in Pittsburgh this year. But horrific, horrific story. uh, Let me just mention this, Tommy, and then you can weigh in. Um, All the while, when, when personally I remember wanting to see more of him, Cooley had told me, and he Cooley was, you know, with the team in 2019 and spent a lot of time with Dwayne and the offense and, and, you know, Jay Gruden and all those guys. And the one thing that he kept saying over and over again is he's really bright and he's such a nice kid. But there were concerns, obviously, about his maturity, you know, and about whether or not he was really willing to put in the work to get the most out of his talent. And that was the concern that everybody had in that building back then. But Cooley, I remember over and over again, and Jay Gruden has said this before, he was a nice kid and he was very bright, you know, innately very bright. Um, their, their issue was just that he was immature. Um, and, you know, t- uh, unfortunately for him, he came into a situation here in Washington where the owner wanted him and seemingly nobody else did. That wasn't the easiest situation yeah. for him. No. No, I mean, what a tragedy, uh, because, uh, I, I mean, he's 24, about to turn 25, uh, and uh, he certainly had enough time to turn around his career ahead of him. In other words, he, he had the time ahead of him, at least he thought, to basically right the ship uh, and still have a, a quality NFL career. Uh, and it, 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 it's just... It's one of those 
uh, shocking tragedies that people wake up to uh, all over the world every day, you know? I mean, no one's guaranteed tomorrow every time you step out that door. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I, I, my sympathies are with, with his family uh, and his friends. And, uh, you know, I mean, there are people who, who are still probably connected to Dwayne in the Washington organization who are really going to feel this loss personally, probably. Yeah, um... Of course, I mean, there are a lot of people in this community because he played high. You know, he, he played high yeah. school football at Bullis, yeah. and and there are a lot of people in this community that are going to feel the hurt of this. But you know, you you said something that's just so true, and I, you know, um, twenty four about to turn twenty five, and in the Pittsburgh organization, in a real real football organization, one of the best in the NFL with one of the, the best coaches. And we've said it over and over over the last uh, you know several months. Like, if it doesn't work with Mike Tomlin, it's probably not going to work for him. Um, but, you know, Tomlin had positive uh, things to say about him during the course of last year. He played a little bit in the preseason. I don't think he took a regular season snap. I don't think he did. Um but he, you know, he made it through the entire year on Pittsburgh's roster, and hopefully, you know, he was beginning to turn the narrative around. Uh, Tommy, like you said, I mean, at 24 years old, there's still time, lots of time, you know, especially when you have talent. You know, this league doesn't give up on talent easily, and nobody disputes the guy could really sling it. I mean, the guy can really throw it, and he's a big, strong dude. Um, but it was all the other stuff. So if the, all of the other stuff, you know, came together as he matured and got older, who knows what was ahead of him? I remember thinking many times, yeah. and this is, you know, straight from the, well, you guys just want to be right. Yeah, there's there's definitely some truth to that in the business that we're in. Sometimes we just want to be right more than anything else. Uh, see Kirk Cousins for me. Um, but... Uh, in in pushing that I wanted to see more of Dwayne Haskins, and even though I didn't like the draft choice, that after seeing him play a little bit, I didn't think that it, it was worth giving up on. I thought there was some talent there. I thought he had some swag to him. I thought he had some confidence. I thought it was worth seeing play out because maybe this would work. And by the way, I remember saying at the same time, it would be Snyder's all-time biggest win personally as a football person if Dwayne Haskins turned into a franchise quarterback. Um, but when he went to Pittsburgh, I, I, I have been secretly kind of rooting for him to get a chance to play to show that he could actually do it at the NFL level because I do think he has that talent. He's got NFL talent. I, that's that's hard to really debate. But God, he'll never get a chance to 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 see that or realize that. It's just so tragic, so awful. It really it really is. Young people. Look, I, I don't want to. Uh, I mean, I know there'll be some people that will accuse me of being hypocritical because I was very critical of Dwayne Haskins. We, we both when have he was been here. Yeah. But but that was that was about football and 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 how his behavior affected his job. I mean, God, I mean, no, no one wishes this kind of tragedy no. on any family. And, and it, it's, 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 it's horrible news. And, you know, like I said, the potential was still there for him to change the narrative of it. And, look, I mean, having spent a lot of time in Florida recently, it's a dangerous place. 
on many levels. <laughs> okay, well, you were, really Universal, you were at Universal Studios. <clears throat> um, no, no, I was at spring training in West Palm Beach, and I right. spent two months up in, up in the Panhandle. What makes it I've been so in dangerous? Florida. Well, because there's no rules in Florida, mm. pretty much for anything. Okay. Except, you know, except if you, you know, for, for you know, social issues. Other than that, it's pretty much, you know, uh, everyone gets to do what they want. And that includes driving. And I don't know the circumstances behind his accident yeah. since he was hit. Yeah. Uh, they, they, but, they do. Uh, they, the highways, they, they have laws in, in Florida for driving. Their speed limits. The highways in Florida are pretty scary. Yeah. Um, well, rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins, and sympathies to you know anybody listening that knew him, because I know that there are a lot of people in this area that probably did know, know him, but obviously an awful, awful, awful tragedy. Uh, we'll pick up uh, the show, the rest of the show, where we had begun it before, right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This from 89 Gresham via Apple Podcasts. Kevin and Tom are like friends trying to explain how new owners have moved in and wrecked the neighborhood, and we are loving every minute. Thank you, 89 Gresham. Rate us and review us on Apple and Spotify whenever you get a chance. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? Thanks for joining me on this Saturday morning. I couldn't do it yesterday. Uh, Just was not feeling great and went home and watched, you know what I watched all day long. (laughs) Yeah, I do. You, you know what yeah, I've I watched. Know. I'm sure you were tuned into Tiger Woods. Oh my God! Does that you know? I I I I go to my cigar store sometimes uh, to smoke cigars in the afternoon. Right. Uh, and uh, you know, every TV's on Tiger. Uh, every TV in the place, and uh, people are getting excited. And uh, I, I just put my headphones on, look at my phone. And glance up every now and then, and just just to see where he is on the leaderboard. I, I mean, I really am in 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 the circle I move in. I am an outlier on Tiger Woods. I know, but why are you an outlier on Tiger Woods? Is it more about you disliking golf or disliking Tiger? Well, I don't have any interest in golf. Right. I don't have any particular emotions about Tiger one way or the other. I mean, I think he's been. Uh, I think he's been self-destructive 
Uh, and, I mean, there's lots of people who are self-destructive. Yeah. I don't necessarily, you know, crucify him for that. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, the tiger, the tiger cult, people like you, mm-hmm. you know, the, the cult, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just absurd. Do you really think you know? it's, I, you, mean, you, I, I think you overrate the cultish, uh, aspect of it. I of th- course you do. You're a member of the cult. No, I'm not, I'm not a member of the cult. I'm, I'm always, always intrigued, fascinated, um, I guess really uh, inspired by 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 greatness. You know, whether that's in athletics or entertainment, whatever. I, I love the the greatest. Now, I'm not always a huge fan of the greatest, and I wasn't always the biggest Tiger fan necessarily. But I think redemption stories and when the greats have fallen and then they come back, it it makes for an even better story. I mean, hell, you lived through that with Ali. I mean, you yeah, know, it certainly makes them. It certainly makes them more human, right? It it absolutely does, and I'm sure that, that that's a lot of it. But uh, listen, I don't blame you for your, for your cultism because, and we haven't talked about this in a while. You got to sit down and talk to Tiger about something pretty personal. <laughs> that was that was that was we've we've talked about that a lot, but yes. That was, but let me just tell you, that wasn't like, I, I've told you before, my, my all-time, there are two, live, one of my all-time favorite interviews was sitting with George Gervin, the Iceman, because he was just so much a favorite player of mine when, when I was a kid, and my favorite interview that I've ever done on radio where I was a little, it, I was a little bit nervous going into it, was with John McEnroe when he was pushing a book many, many years ago. That was a long time ago, and I was pretty new in the business at the time too, but I didn't feel that way with Tiger. I, I'm, I'm not a cult Tiger guy. I just root for him because... There is something cool about watching a guy that's been through so much physically and otherwise, much of it, you know, a lot of it of his own doing, um, in the same way that, you know, perhaps many people cheered for Mike Tyson to try to, you know, come back and redeem himself, for Michael Vick to do the same thing. I mean, there's been a list of those athletes over a long period of time that have fallen, you know, out of favor, and then you kind of root for them as they try to work their way back. Yeah, I, okay, I get it, and I'm, I just it just doesn't hold any interest for me, uh, and uh, so you know, like I said, you know, everybody, look, you get you get enjoyment out of watching this, that's fine, you know, get your pleasure where 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 you can find it, but it doesn't move me at all. I wanted to read something um, to you because I I saw this this morning, Mike Sando, who writes for the Athletic wrote a story that I guess came out yesterday or last night. It was titled NFL Free Agency Execs, meaning NFL executives, on the good and bad of all 32 teams' moves and strategies. So I read from the last team listed, which is the Washington Commanders. They list, you know, by the way. I I, read this. I I mentioned this uh, last week, maybe, that now when you see NFL teams listed by the team name in alphabetical order, 
Now we're Washington's team, the Commanders, is near the top, and Redskins used to have it near the bottom. But if you list it with the city, it's still the last one listed. But there was some list of like NFL teams by team name, and it's like I'm looking for the team. I'm like, where is it? Where? Oh, it's near the top now because it begins with a C, not an R alphabetically. But anyway, here's what uh, the Mike Sando wrote with with NFL executives speaking on primarily and actually only the Carson Wentz trade. There are some quotes in here that I just thought were interesting and kind of funny, actually. So he writes, Washington wanted Carson Wentz badly enough to swap second-round picks with Indianapolis while parting with a 2022 third-round pick and a 2023 third that can become a second um, and getting a 2022 seventh-rounder in return. So he just spells out the, de- you know, the terms of the deal. The price won't matter if Wentz significantly upgrades the quarterback situation in Washington, becoming a viable multi-year starter. In the meantime, the commanders will not be entering the Poker Hall of Fame. Quote, this from an NFL exec, I don't know who they were competing against. If it works, you don't care what you paid, but nobody was bidding against them for Wentz, closed quote. So I want to start with that particular quote, and then I'll continue to read from the story here uh, soon. Um, I did have somebody from Indianapolis, and I'm forgetting who it was, but I think it was Zach Kiefer who covers the Colts for Indy. But that week, we had multiple people on the podcast and the radio shows, so I'm kind of forgetting who it was who told me this. But somebody did say and somebody did report that there was another team that was interested because my initial reaction was, holy God, they were going to cut this dude. They were bidding against themselves. They had to pay that and then assume the $28 million plus contract. Because my initial thought was if you were going to do this, at least make the Colts eat at least half of next year's contract. So you've got a $14 million cap hit instead of a $28 million cap hit. But no, the guy that, that, that was on with me, and I don't know how reliable he was, and I can't remember who it was actually, did say, I don't think they were competing against themselves. I kind of thought the same thing initially, but I've learned that at least one, one other team was interested in Wentz. But this NFL exec says nobody was bidding against them for Wentz. So hence the line, the commanders will not be entering the Poker Hall of Fame anytime soon. Oh, that's interesting. When are we going to get to the money money line? There are a couple of money lines. That was one. Number. Oh, there's two. one big one. Then, then the then the uh, story continues. Execs noted that while younger decision makers are driving the trend toward aggressive moves, Washington is more traditionally oriented with a 60-year-old head coach in Ron Rivera, a 56-year-old GM in Martin Mayhew, and a 66-year-old executive VP in Marty Herney. This from an NFL evaluator, quote, they play to win 17 to 14, and that is how they do the personnel game and free agency also. It's not exciting or flashy, closed quote. That's not the money quote that you were waiting for, but that's a pretty good one. (laughs) They play to win 17 to 14, and that's how they do the personnel game and free agency also, not exciting or flashy. And You know, Ben was on with me on radio yesterday, and a lot of people have been kind of frustrated with the fact that they haven't been very active. Well, 
Carson Wentz trading for Carson Wentz is big time activity. Let's let's not you know bury the lead here. That is their off season. There isn't anything else they can do in this off season in terms of player acquisition that's going to top the trade for Carson Wentz. People, yes, the only two players that they have signed are former tied players to Carolina, Andrew Norwell, and then the F.E., whatever the guy's last name is, the defensive end, the backup defensive end that they signed. And then they re-signed, you know, a couple of their own, McKissick, McCain, Sims, etc. No, it has not been an exciting or flashy offseason with respect to free agency, but they made one of the bigger and more important trades of the offseason. Okay. Um, This is what you're waiting for. The Colts' harsh public criticism of Wentz, led by the team's ownership, let everyone know Indy would be seeking a new starter. Washington not only traded for Wentz, but it also agreed to pay his $28 million guaranteed compensation. Quote from an NFL exec, If you polled the entire league and said, you can have Taylor Heineke for $2 million, and you have $26 million to spend, plus two third-round picks, or you can have Carson Wentz. I'm pretty sure the majority would prefer Heineke. Another exec said, I'd rather have Baker Mayfield and $8 million to spend. I'm assuming that is the, the money quote that you were waiting for That's me to read. That's the money quote. <laughs> That's the first time somebody said, I, uh, somebody of note, who's anonymous, said, I'd rather have Taylor Heineke and the money. Yeah, I mean... I think that is extremely telling. Well, I, I, I had callers say that. I had, I've, had, I've heard people say, people who are against well, the Wentz trade. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a group of the fan base that loves Taylor Heineke, yes. so I would expect that. Right. Yeah. Okay. But these are this is an NFL executive. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, look, I would expect a little bit more, uh, a little bit more credibility from from somebody like that. And I'm not saying what he's saying isn't credible. I just said that if I, if I'm a Commanders fan, that that's a, that's the most disheartening part of that is that uh, you know uh, he felt that most executives around the league would have taken Taylor Heineke, used the money someplace else, and kept the draft pick. Yeah, draft picks, plural. And by the way, it's not two. Th- you know, it's it, yeah, it's two third round picks as of now. And if he didn't play, yeah. they would have just kept their two third round picks. But it's more likely a third and a second next year. Um, you know, I, I I've said this before. I don't think it's an unreasonable take to say no. That trade was too expensive. And even if Carson Wentz is better, and by the way, I think if you asked the league execs. Who you who you'd rather have play quarterback, Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke? They would say overwhelmingly Carson Wentz, but yeah. you had to acquire Carson Wentz and you've got to pay Carson Wentz. All right, here's the rest of the story. If the Colts could not maximize Wentz under Frank Reich, who had coached Wentz in Philadelphia and advocated advocated for him in Indianapolis, what are the odds another staff will break through? On the other hand, Wentz wasn't statistically terrible in Indy. If Colts owner Jim Ursay turned on Wentz partly because the quarterback refused to get vaccinated against COVID-19, what bearing will that have in Washington? This is an NFL evaluator. Quote, Wentz has talent. If they coach him up, Win some games and make the playoffs. People will say, "People will say, damn, they can coach." But the problem is, Wentz teases you. He makes plays, 
And then he puts his head down and plows into a defensive lineman. Closed quotes. And that's the end of the section on free agency or offseason uh, in the story written by Mike Sando on, uh, at The Athletic. Um, this, is the, this is their whole offseason. It's Carson Wentz. Next year yes. is all yes. now about, I know Ron wants to make it about third year, all important, raising the expectations. You missed some of that, by the way, by the way while you were away. You know, there was more of kind of, you know, the all-important third year. He had an interview with Kime and talked about how, you know, we should be ascending right now. We expect to be ascending. I'm paraphrasing here. But, you know, the same kind of conversation that has taken place since the season ended, he's really putting a lot of stock into the third year being the all-important year in a five-year plan with the new head coach. Even though the third year in Carolina, he had Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, and a pretty damn good team that was ascending, you know, that was improving, and they went on a five-year run of winning lots of games and winning three division titles and going to the playoffs four times and going to the Super Bowl once. Um, you know, this isn't what they have here. But I guess he now kind of looks at it now that they've acquired Carson Wentz, and I think he felt all along they were going to have they were going to have to acquire somebody. Um, that this you know this is the year, and if this is the year, then it's all about Carson Wentz. It's all about their decision to trade for Carson Wentz and put you know this all important year three in Carson Wentz's hands. Yes. It is. This, 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 this was Ron Rivera's desperation move. He's put, he's put his future in the hands of Carson Wentz. Yeah, in many ways that's he has. Not, that's, and that's not something, to, if I were Ron Rivera, no matter what he says, I'd feel real good about. There would be a, a significant air of uncertainty in that decision, even if, even if I felt compelled to make it. From that same Mike Sando article, he wrote about the Indianapolis Colts offseason. And, you know, he said they, they write Colts, Jim, Colts owner Jim Mercer broadcast to the world his, his displeasure with Carson Wentz to the point most figured Indy would part with the quarterback after just one season. The fact that the Colts still got two third round picks for Wentz before acquiring Matt Ryan for just a third round selection creates an improbable net differential for these two transactions. Um, and then they write, um, uh, this was an NFL exec. If you look at Indy, Atlanta, and Washington, I think Indy played it best. Washington was afraid there wasn't going to be this type of movement, and they just made a move. I mean, you can't look me in the eye and tell me that they would choose Carson Wentz over Matt Ryan, closed quote. Yeah. So for those that really pushed back when I said Matt Ryan's a better quarterback and I would much rather have Matt Ryan even at an older age than Carson Wentz, um, there is you know a quote from an NFL exec. I, you can't look me in the eye and tell me they'd choose Carson Wentz over Matt Ryan. But anyway, that wasn't really the choice for Washington. Matt Ryan wasn't available <clears throat> for Washington because uh, he wasn't available to anybody at the time that they made the Carson Wentz uh, trade. Uh, Tommy wants to talk about DeAndre Carter. I want to talk about Terry McLaurin, and maybe we'll finish up with some Nats Mets uh, as well. We'll do so right after these words from a few of our sponsors. So are you upset that the Commanders didn't re-sign DeAndre Carter? Well, you know, me. I mean, I have no 
no uh, skin in this game. But he seems like he was probably the most productive return guy we've seen in a in uh, a Washington uniform in quite a few years. He seemed like he was an asset that you would want to hang on to. I mean, you know, it's not like he's making a ton of money. I think uh, he'll make like $1.1 million plus incentives, according to reports. What was the money? So I, did, I didn't see the money. What was the money again? $1.1 million plus incentives. I mean, that's nothing. No, it's not a lot. I mean, you would think for a team did, that's did trying you to... you like him? Yeah, well, you'd think for a team that's trying to win 17, 14 games that a big special teams return would be big and important. Yes. Um, yeah, I liked him. I know George uh, Allen would think he's, he's important. Yeah, I liked him a lot. I thought he was their best returner since Brandon Banks. It's the first time in in a, in, a, in many years. I mean, I might be I might be missing somebody, but it's the first player that's been back there on kickoff returns or punt returns in several years where I felt like they had a chance to really score or make a big play uh, in the return game. Not to mention the fact that he was a real threat. Um, offensively with Curtis Samuel uh, being out uh, for the year. Yeah. He kind of took that spot. So I'm a little bit surprised because I remember asking Ron Rivera at one point during this season, I said, who have been the most, the biggest surprises for you? And the first name he mentioned, he said, well, it hasn't been because of what he's done during the season, but one of the biggest surprises very early on in camp was DeAndre Carter. And he said, we were all kind of surprised that he had that kind of ability and we couldn't wait for the regular season to start. We thought we had a real threat as a returner. We didn't know we'd be, be using him as much on offense because obviously there was hope that Curtis Samuel would be healthy and they'd be able to use him uh, offensively. But he was, I think he was the first name that was mentioned. Um, and then the other name he mentioned, there was another name that he mentioned, um, I think he, I, I don't think he felt like Bobby McCain was a surprise, but I know that they really liked Bobby McCain when they got to like the middle portion of the year and then towards the end of the year, which is why McCain and McKissick were kind of at the top of the list of free agents that they wanted to retain. But I kind of felt, based on what he had said about DeAndre Carter, that that was going to be a big priority as well. Um, and for the money, it seems like it could have easily gotten done. Uh, but I don't, I don't know why they, you know, maybe you know what? Maybe while he was getting his shit together, they gave up on him, and maybe. he and he decided to sign with somebody that else. Seems to be a problem with this team. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I think, you know, on the roster right now, I was talking to Ben about this on radio yesterday. On the roster right now, you've got Dax Milne, you know, the rookie from last year. He was, you know, he can return punts and has returned punts. And if he makes the roster, because there's no guarantee he'll make the roster, wouldn't surprise me if he's a leading candidate to be the punt returner. And then kickoff returns might go to a guy like Jarrett Patterson. You know, if he makes the team again, or Jonathan Williams, who I think they used late in the year. But I don't know, you know, I think Patterson will make the team. They haven't added running backs. They haven't drafted any new running backs yet. We haven't had the draft. You know, Gibson, McKissick, Patterson would likely be the three backs on the team. I know they really like Jonathan Williams when they signed him and he played a little bit at the end of last year. Um, you know, they've used Danny Johnson on returns before, but... 
yeah, I don't think they have anybody like DeAndre Carter at this point. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's going to you know, be it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, look, I mean, this is another example. They have signed, like you said, two of their guys who uh, you know gotten them to stay, uh, Bobby McCain and uh, and uh, McKissick, McKissick after yeah. he, yeah, after he thought he was going to Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, but I still think this could be another example of, for the most part, the only players that they can keep are ones who can't leave. And Terry McLaurin well, J- will be the ultimate test with that. You know, I mean, you, you said, I know you excluded J.D. McKissick, but J.D. McKissick kind of proved that here in the offseason wrong. I mean, he had a chance to go be a no, part of a Super Bowl said, contending team. I know, I I know what you McKissick. said. I know what you said. But the, I said that. But then but, you said, but, but for still. the most part. Um, they they uh, they haven't had a lot of money to work with after taking on Carson Wentz's contract. They do move kind of slowly. I mean, some of the, the, the late signees last year, Leno Jr. is a perfect example. This is kind of what they think is the right thing to do for them. And this is why those that have gotten worked up over Terry McLaurin not being signed yet, I've said, as Ron has said, and I agree with it, be patient. Now, has it hurt the team waiting and not being super aggressive? Well, nobody, I think, really envisioned the wide receiver market exploding the way it's exploded in terms of contract value, courtesy of Devontae Adams and Tariq Hill and Stephon Diggs and Christian Kirk, et cetera. And sure, if Washington could have gotten a long-term deal done with Terry McLaurin two months ago, it, it would have looked great uh, today and they would have looked really smart, but Terry McLaurin's agent wasn't going to let him sign a deal right after the season. More likely than not, I mean, I think you know his agent knows and and should have known where the market was going and where it could be. By the way, this time next year, if he's an unrestricted free agent. But these deals typically on these extensions, I mean, the John Allen extension, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, didn't get done until right before training camp. Like it was the day before training camp started. So. Um, I'm not, you know, so that's, that's the one that's been done with this group. You know, the big contract extension done by this particular group is the John Allen deal. And that was done right before training camp. So I would expect them to, you know, approach Terry McLaurin, um, and his agent, you know, uh, after the draft and they'll try to start working on a deal to your, to the point you made. Yeah. It'll be a little bit telling. But it'll also be important for us to know what the offer is before we can really know for sure if it's telling. If they offer him what, what Spotrack is projecting that Terry McLaurin's contract now will be in an, in, uh, in an extension, which is $24.5 million per year, like a $98 million four-year deal, you know, after all of these recent deals, if they offer him that top five kind of a deal – and he turns it down, that will be telling. But but we're going to need to know what they offer because if he turns it down, he may be turning down a bad offer. If he turns down a great offer, then that's more telling. If he turns down a bad offer, that's no less – that's not comforting. Uh, uh, From the other side, yes. (laughs) Yes, that wouldn't be comforting (laughs) from the other side. No. Yeah. In other words, like, okay – you know, maybe they, he's not a hostage, but that's only because 
you know, the team wasn't smart enough to tie him up and keep him here. Yeah, well, again, there wasn't at the, for a third round pick for a guy coming off a 77 catch season, five touchdowns. I understand the quarterback was a problem in in you know, maybe this quarterback will be much different. They love they like him a lot, clearly. He's a number 1 receiver for sure. He's a top half of the league number 1. I don't think there's any debate to that. We can debate on how high you go with Terry McLaurin at this point. Um I've said before, he's somewhere between like 12 and 15, somewhere in that range in terms of the best receivers in the league. But uh, the way the the way these things work is you're going to have to give him a contract that probably puts him in the top five to top six in annual average to to get him to sign it. Now let's not forget Washington has some leverage too. It's called the franchise tag. Now they haven't been very yes. successful in using the franchise tag. <laughs> Uh, previously, but if Terry McLaurin, it's not like Terry McLaurin's going to walk a year from now if they aren't able to agree to a long-term contract extension. The team could franchise him next year at close to like $20, $21 million for one season. So he doesn't want to be in that position either. So I, I would guess, and I've guessed all along, that the team and Terry McLaurin will actually come to an agreement on a contract extension long-term. I think he likes the people that he's playing for. Obviously, quarterback's a big thing, and he needs better quarterback play and, and, and needs, by the way, a healthy offense in general. You know, Logan Thomas to be back and Curtis Samuel to be on the field, etc. Um, but... Um, that would be my guess, is that they end up getting a deal done with Terry McLaurin. He does reflect the culture change kind of player that Ron wants. I would agree. Anything else on McLaurin? Don't sweat it, people, that they haven't signed him yet. That's going to happen after the draft and probably before training camp. If something doesn't get done right before training camp or early in training camp, then you, know, you, can, you can be legitimately concerned at that point. And again, concerned, really concerned if the reports are that Washington offered him a top five deal or 22, 23, 24 million a year, and he turned it down flat. All right, that's it for the show today. Uh, with one exception, I'm just going to read the statement from Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, on the tragic uh, passing of Dwayne Haskins early this morning. He said, quote, I am devastated. And at a loss for words with the unfortunate passing of Dwayne Haskins, he quickly became part of our Steelers family upon his arrival in Pittsburgh and was one of our hardest workers both on the field and in our community. Dwayne was a great teammate, but even more so a tremendous friend to so many. I am truly heartbroken. Our thoughts and prayers are with his wife, Calabria, and his entire family during this difficult time closed quote sad day um very sad back on monday everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.